You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. We have another busy show planned for you this week. We start by previewing previewing our upcoming seven-city DIY stock investment seminar tour. We will highlight the current market valuations from a broad perspective in light of the run-up to start 2018 and the subsequent mini-correction. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we look at Covalon Technologies, symbol COV on the TSX, a healthcare technology development company, which we highlighted a number of times in our breakthrough report, uh, in our small cap breakthrough report over the past seven years, several years. The stock has surged around 500% over the past two years, but along with the market generally has experienced a volatile start to 2018. A listener asks us whether we would buy, sell, or hold at present. Finally, our dog of the week is a stock we have been telling clients to actively avoid for the past two years. Patient home monitoring, symbol PHM on the TSX Venture. Year-to-date, the stock is down another 63%. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone Senior Equity Analyst, a father of two, and a man who is so inspired by Canada's early success in the luge competition at the Pyeongchang Olympics, he has v- vowed to become more of a complete loser himself, Mr. Aaron Dunn. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I actually am excited about watching the Olympics, and I'm also even more excited about our upcoming DIY seminar that we're just announcing. How can you even compare put, the two, the Olympics to, to the seminar? Our seminar is going to be so much more entertaining. I, I put them up because they're two peaks of competition and two peaks of their uh, of their respected fields, but uh, I agree, our DIY seminars will eclipse the Olympics. And uh, I'm very excited that we're announcing today, we're, uh, our seminar series is called Building a Winning Stock Portfolio Inside or Outside Your RSP or TFSA, One Stock at a Time. Essentially, all everything you need to know to effectively structure a winning stock portfolio and most importantly, the right stocks to put in it. Uh, we are starting off in Toronto. That'll be Toronto on March 1st uh, at the Sheridan Centre in Toronto. All of these times start at 7 p.m., local time. Uh, Calgary on March 6th at the Sheraton Cavalier Calgary. Edmonton is on March 7th at the Varscona Hotel on White Avenue. Kelowna on March 8th at the Coast Capri Hotel. Victoria on March 13th at the Coast Victoria Hotel. Langley on March 14th at the Sandman Signature Hotel and in Vancouver finishing it up on March 15th 
at the UBC Robson Square. Tickets are twenty nine ninety five, and I think that's a bargain. So Ryan, why don't we why don't we just give people a quick overview of what we hope to be able to accomplish at, at the seminars? Yeah, that's good. Do you want to get into that, or do you want me to go through the agenda? No, I, I, absolutely, sure. I can sure. get into it. So you know, essentially, what we're doing is we're providing people with a, a do it yourself um, seminar on how to build up a portfolio comprised of individual stocks and how to manage that portfolio over time through market volatility, through the ups and the downs of the market. So we're, we're going to start with some very fundamental information. Our, our belief is that a little bit of the right information goes an incredibly long way when it comes to investing. So we're going we're gonna to start off with some very fundamental tips that are going to help people uh, identify solid opportunities and fill their portfolio with companies that have the potential for solid growth. But maybe even more importantly than that, we're going to provide people with tips on what types of stocks to avoid, how to avoid taking on unnecessary risks. So the focus of this of this seminar series is going to be on RSP and TFSA investing because we think that's what's on people's minds right now in the market. But really, these principles apply to any type of stock investment account. Uh, we're, we're going to walk through the portfolio building process, provide these tips, and then we're also going to provide people with, with five to eight individual companies, individual recommendations that we think uh, have solid potential for growth and would be a great way to start building a portfolio. That's a great summary. I think specifically too, uh, and it's good that you point out, we are focusing and we'll have some details on how to set up a TFSA and RSP, specifically self-directed RSPs and TFSAs. Um, and we'll focus on you know what type of stocks to put in these registered accounts. But like you said, the the fundamental principles that we're teaching here can be used inside or to outside an RSP uh, for a regular trading account. It's just how to build a great portfolio uh, with a long-term approach. We're going to talk about setting up you know, your discount brokerage account, starting as simple as that to right down to asset alloca- allocation and to our focus diversification strategy, how to layer into positions over time, how many stocks you should put in your portfolio, incorporating risk tolerance. So a number of uh, a number of principles that you should use in any portfolio, and then we're going to get into some, like Aaron said, some individual stock selections. Uh, we'll highlight some individual companies that we think you can start your DIY portfolio off with, and they offer good value right now. So it's always good to have the theory behind it, and then look at the real world, uh, applying these to individual companies that we think are good buys right now. I think one of the most exciting parts about all these seminars is after we go through uh, the entire seminar, we take questions from the audience. And the sessions typically last from 30 to 90 minutes in addition to the, uh, the seminar. And we take questions on uh, the seminar itself, our process, individual stocks we talked about inside the, the seminar, and we'll even answer companies uh, or questions about companies that we did not talk about that happen to be in your portfolio. So you get that advice from our experienced team here at Keystone. And uh, often you get some great questions, and I think we have some great fun uh, in, the, uh, in the Q&A segments, and they're very valuable at the end of those segments. And we will stay as long as you want to answer questions. Or as long as you want to ask the questions, we'll answer them. So uh, we're going to start, we're going to move, shift gears to talk about the broader market valuations. Uh, I, 
I gave a talk to about a thousand investors uh, just uh, two weekends ago, uh, and we one of the points I really tried to drive home was I did not like the valuations on the broader market at that time, and we would not buy the market at its current prices. We believe investor optimism is optimism. It's often a contrarian indicator, and it had reached a fever pitch. Uh, I, I stated at this time that in the last two weeks, I had in, in casual conversation with uh, some friends of mine and some investors that I know, uh, people asked everybody from my hairdresser to my dry cleaner to three guys I used to play hockey with who I said had no business anywhere near the market, my dentist. And I said, I kid you not, an Uber driver that I used in California who I regrettably gave my card to. All of these individuals asked me about stocks, and they came from three specific areas of the market, cannabis, cryptocurrencies, and blockchain. Look, I'm not here to, to you know, bag on these segments of the market generally, but but when you see th- these type of questions coming up in casual conversation, it's obvious, often a contrarian indication that the markets may be getting a little bit pricey. But more important to that uh, than that really is the lofty valuations from a historical perspective that we've seen in the market. Many of you have heard of price-earnings ratios used to value a stock. It's the ratio for valuing a company that measures its current share price relative to its per-share earnings. If a company, for example, were currently trading at a PE multiple of 20, the interpretation is that an investor is willing to pay $20 for that $1 of current earnings. Now, the multiple has its limitations, but it can be useful when doing a quick valuation on a stock. We can also use it to value the overall market, such as, say, the S&P 500 or the 500 largest stocks in the U.S., now, for, for the context of where the markets are generally right now, we like to look at the, what we call this, or what is called the Schiller PE. It's developed by Yale professor Robert Schiller. The Schiller PE is more reasonable market valuation indicator because it eliminates the fluctuations of the ratio caused by variations of profit margins during a, vi- a business cycle. The Schiller PE is calculated by using the annual earnings of the S&P 500 companies over the past 10 years. Of course, there are other calculations in the mix here, but for the purposes of a quick commentary, we don't want to get too complicated. That serves as a good uh, primer on what we're using or what the Schiller PE is using to calculate it. Now, currently, based on the last 12 months of earnings, the regular PE uh, is 26. Just uh, recently, it hit a high of 28. But at 26, it is well above the mean of 16, but still well below some of its highs. Uh, to give put to put this into con- context, the regular PE was 123 in the first quarter of 2009. Now, by then, the S&P 500 had already crashed 50% from its peak in 20, 2007. Uh, this was during the financial crisis. The PE was high because earnings were depressed, not due to high historical valuations. So with the PE at 123, the regular PE, in the first quarter of 2009, uh, this is much higher, obviously, than the historical mean of 15. It looked like a time to sell at that time. In fact, this was the best time in recent history to buy stocks. So as opposed to the regular PE, which showed 123 in terms of its PE ratio, on the other, the flip side of the coin, the Schiller PE, 
was at 13.3 at that point, its lowest level in decades, correctly indicating a better time to buy stocks. This is why we look at it today for a better, broader context uh, to take on for the market valuations. Now, so where are we today? That becomes the question. Currently, the Schiller PE is at 33 or 96.4% higher than its historical mean of 16.8. It is currently far closer to its historical highs, which are 44.2 hitting the dot-com boom, than its historical low of 4.8. We do know that even if stocks stay in their same range, the new tax regime will cut PE ratios next year. We'll see higher earnings. Uh, and But the U.S. markets broadly would be certainly higher uh, at the high end of their valuations. So in what has been a frothy market, our best advice to, is to find good, unique companies and buy them with patience over a 12 to 18-month period. It is, a pr- it is prudent to layer into p- positions now, often buying 25 to 50% of your full position to start and add over time. One of the worst things you can do is buy your full portfolio at once, By spreading out your purchases, it prevents you from buying at an annual peak in the markets. Investors should refrain from jumping also in on stocks without doing proper due diligence right now, no matter how blue sky its prospects may appear. Finally, I'd say, to be frank, I cannot tell you 10 screaming stocks to buy in the market right now, but if you give us a year, we will likely find those 10 for you. It, we really should actually uh, send out a tweet of uh, some pictures of what the, the graph of the P ratio looks like right now uh, for, for, for the market. I think that would be interesting for people to see just so they can get a visualization behind it because it is quite, I mean, it, it is quite high. If, if you look at it on a chart, as you, you basically said, the only time it's been higher in, in history has been during the dot-com boom. If you're talking the Schiller P ratio, and yeah. I, I don't know, I don't think that I would compare the the current market to the dot com market. I think that there was more speculation back then than there is right now. I mean, you 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 have you know less of a tendency in, in this market for a company that doesn't even have a business model to be trading at a multi billion dollar valuation. It's it, it may exist, but it would be the anomaly in this market. I would say for the most part, but certainly certainly there's been a major increase in risk appetite amongst investors and and people have seen and heard about other investors other people making easy money in in you know bitcoin uh blockchain or or cannabis stocks and and that just drives more speculation which which is is concerning yeah I mean, with without a doubt and that's that's where we talk about anecdotally right now we're we're seeing that interest from people who are new to the market. And uh, when you see that, uh, you know, it can be a contrarian indicator. We obviously prefer just looking at the valuations. And that's where we can use a Schiller PE to show us, you know, historically, where are we in terms of valuations for the market? Uh, It doesn't mean that, you know, two weeks from now, there's gonna be a crash or anything like that. I mean, the markets could trend sideways, Uh, you could have uh, the impact of the tax uh, the beneficial tax situation for U.S. corporations start to bring the PE lower over the course of this year, and and you know it, it could get to closer to fair value just by moving sideways. But um, it certainly just tells us, broadly speaking, we're looking at higher historical valuations on the certainly on the higher end, and we need to be cautious, and and you need to know what you're buying, and uh, if it's a good company, 
sometimes you can take a half or a quarter position and uh, you know if there is a pullback you could add more to that company comfortably over time so focus on individual stock selection be patient and just be just just focus on companies with strong fundamentals that are going to be pockets of strength essentially in any type yeah. of market it's a great summary for sure excellent advice it's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call your stock our take buy sell or hold this week we're going to look at Covalon Technologies, COV on the TSX. It's a company we have highlighted, like I said, in our annual breakthrough and cash-rich small cap reports over the last several years. The company has seen its share price surge over 500% in the past two years, but has been volatile to start 2018 after surging well above $7. It dropped last week to the 550 range uh, after its Q1 2018 results. So let's start by what does Covalon do? They research, develop, and commercialize new healthcare technologies. Its patented technologies, products, and services address the advanced healthcare needs of medical device companies, healthcare providers, and individual consumers. Covalon's technologies are used to prevent, detect, and manage medical conditions in specialty areas such as wound care, tissue repair, infection control, disease management, medical device coatings, and biocompatibility. Primary growth that we've seen is in the IV Clear Vascular Access Dressing product and the company's Colactive Plus Advanced Wound Care Dressings. What has been driving the share price? Well, the company announced significant competitive tender awards or contracts in Saudi Arabia this past year. Uh, in Q1, they saw a significant increase to international and U.S. sales, which is good to see as well. Uh, we saw, I mean, just to give you an, a perspective of where the revenues have come just over the past year, in 2016, the company's annual revenues were $6.5 million, had huge revenue growth up to $27 million over 2017, so that is what is driving the share price growth. Uh, the company's total revenue in Q1, which was recently released last week, went up to $6.4 million from $5.6 so I guess what could have been concerning to the market near term there is you saw, you know, revenues jump overall from 2016 to 2017 from 6.5 to 27, and in the first quarter they were up from just 5.6 or sorry at 5.6 to 6.4. So the revenue growth rate is decelerating, but I mean you can't have the growth rate that this company had long term as a sustainable growth rate. It was tremendous growth over the course of that year from those tenders won in Saudi Arabia. Uh, net income also was relatively flat at 523000 in the first quarter, down slightly from 543000 So the market may have been concerned with that. For us, I, mean, I think this is a great management team. Uh, the balance sheet is solid. But the stock right now uh, is trading at about 60 times trailing earnings. And while we expect growth in the business in 2018, it is currently pricing in huge growth and likely very smart and accretive acquisitions have to be factored in here. We do, like I say, like the management team, but there's a very strong possibility, and there is a strong possibility that they do grow solidly over this year and make an accretive acquisition. But the stock, like the market, is at the higher end of its valuation scale. And at present, while we like the team and the business, we are not buyers of the stock when it's trading at 60 times trailing earnings. 
And the only real guidance that we have is that the company is looking for double-digit growth this year, and that could be a you know double-digit can be ten percent or ninety percent. So it's there's a huge uh, there's a huge variation in what type of growth we will see this year. So we expect growth, uh, but we think at sixty times earnings, it's a little pricey right now. We would almost need to see triple-digit growth in yes. earnings per share at that valuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and get, given like the valuation there. So at this point, we wouldn't be a buyer in the stock. So uh, I think we're going to move to our close it off with our dog of the week. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Excellent. So the dog I picked for this week is patient home monitoring. Uh, I'm picking this company because I think it's a good example of why it's important to stay disciplined with strategy. It's it's somewhat of a cautionary tale. It is a cautionary tale. The company was very highly touted in the retail investment community uh, a couple years ago, back in 2014, 2015. It was a growth by acquisition stock, a consolidator in the healthcare space. And they had very robust revenue growth for several years straight, but they were they were never able to transition into profitability. It, there was a lot of promises made, but they always seemed to fall short. I remember that they were they were essentially announcing acquisitions almost on a monthly basis, and the market loved these deals, but the all of these this acquisition activity tended to muddy the waters, and it made it really difficult for us to see what the underlying profitability of the business was. And Ryan, you'll remember we got calls and questions all the time on on this company the the stock ended up going uh, increasing from yeah yeah, yeah for, i agree like for a, for a, a few months period there it was like the number one stock that we got questions on and you know it, you're looking at the stock price go up but it was always ahead of its fundamentals i think you're going to get into that. yeah always always on promises and expectations of what it was going to do as opposed to what it had done so the stock had, had gone up from 90 cents to two dollars just in a few months um, where it where it peaked, and at that time when it was moving up, it, it it looked like a great stock. It it did tick a lot of the boxes that we look for in terms of our fundamental criteria. It it had revenue growth. It had a positive outlook. I believe the management team also had a big stake in it at the time. And so it was it was tempting to buy into this hype, but. What did not tick? What what did not happen? The company did not tick our most important box, and that was profitability. Uh, we've always said that profit is the lifeblood of a business, and that companies without profits are speculations; they're not real investments. So we decided not to not to move forward with it on that basis because of the lack of profitability, and and those profits never materialized. The stock peaked at about two dollars, two dollars per share, and it has really been a steady destruction of capital ever since. I looked at the share price today. It's trading today at about eleven cents. Um, they did split into two companies, so they maybe maybe a, maybe a, maybe a comparison would be to say that the the share price is at twenty twenty five cents, but down from two dollars over a couple of years. A complete destruction of capital, and we we got a lot of questions on the company when it was soaring up. We continued to we continued to get questions about them when it was tumbling down, and we would not be buyers here today. Um, it's never been profitable in spite, of, in spite of meaningful revenue, and we, we don't see any clear path to profitability for them in the future. So I decided to talk about this company today because I think it's a good cautionary tale in, in relation to what's going on in the markets right now. We've seen a huge increase in risk appetite from investors, I would say, over the last six months, certainly over the last three uh, people are choosing to pile back into speculative areas where companies where, where companies are not even close to generating profits, and 
many don't even have have revenues uh the you know bitcoin cryptocurrencies other cryptocurrencies blockchain marijuana are just a few examples but also money money going back into junior mining as well um it seems like a great idea when these markets are soaring up but the, the party does end very quickly and when it does it's often catastrophic so most investors end up losing most or or all of their money yeah i think it's a great point and great company to highlight and it serves as that cautionary tale that you're talking about. I mean, this was a company even that did produce revenues uh, and did grow those revenues. And a lot of the companies we're seeing some people put their risk capital or even what they're considering investment dollars in don't even have the revenues that this company had. And you can see how the story turned out here. Uh, you know, it's like Aaron said, it's a huge destruction of capital. And uh, I think that to to keep your strict criteria, to have base it on a company at least having cash flow and earnings to be an investment. Uh, it what we're trying to do is stay away from situations like this, and uh, hopefully that serves as a cautionary tale. If you're considering putting your dollars or significant investment dollars in a company that is a high flyer right now, and there's high degree of speculation, this shows you what can happen if it goes wrong. And again, I think that's going to close off our show. I'd like to thank Aaron for uh, co-hosting with me again this week. And I'd like to uh, invite everybody, uh, all our listeners out there, to attend our upcoming seminar series, Building a Winning Stock Portfolio Inside or Outside Your RSP or TFSA, One Stock at a Time. Again, we're coming to Toronto on March 1st, Calgary on March 6th, Edmonton on March 7th, Kelowna on March 8th, Victoria on March 13th, Langley on March 14th, and Vancouver on March 15th. Look forward to seeing all of you there and profitable investing. Profitable investing.